Oh, like we said, we will be in Psalm 66 today. Uh, Let's read together. Shout joyful praises to God, all the earth. Sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Your enemies cringe before your mighty power. Everything on earth will worship you. They will sing your praises, shouting your name in glorious songs. Come and see what our God has done, what awesome miracles he has performed for people. He made a dry path through the Red Sea and his people went across on foot. There we rejoiced in him for by his great power he rules forever. He watches every moment of the nations. Let no rebel rise in defiance. Let the whole world bless our God and loudly sing his praises. Our lives are in his hands and he keeps our feet from stumbling. You have tested us, O God. You have purified us like silver. You captured us in your net and laid the burden of slavery on our backs. Then you put a leader over us. We went through fire and flood, but you brought us to a place of great abundance. Now I come to your temple with burnt offerings to fulfill the vows I made you. Yet the sacred vow that I made when I was in deep trouble, that is why I am sacrificing burnt offerings to you. The best of my rams is a pleasing aroma and a sacrifice of bulls uh, and male goats. Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. And uh, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened, but God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God for who did not ignore my prayer and withdraw his unfailing love from me. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for this day you've given us. We thank you for your word. Lord, I ask that uh, you would bless the service we have here. Lord, use it for your glory. Lord, I pray for everyone here, everyone at home. Uh, Lord, those who are suffering, those who are well, those who are getting better. Lord, those who might even feel like they're getting worse. We, we ask that you would be with each and every one of them today. Bring healing to those who need healed. Lord, bring peace to those who need peace today. Lord, I pray again that you would bless this service. Bless our hearts and minds. Help us to focus on you today. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. I wanted to speak from a psalm today because they do generally a very good job of listing thankfulness. Uh, That being the week of Thanksgiving, I figured we might as well be topical. So I picked Psalm 66 because it not just lists these ideas of what to be thankful for and how to be thankful for them, but it also... instructs us in how to strengthen our faith. Anybody catch that? It's there. We're going to talk about it. So, the writer of this psalm, possibly not David. It's surrounded by a bunch of David psalms, but this might be just some guy we don't even know his name. But he has an understanding of the history of Israel, He has an understanding of how forgiveness works with God. He has an understanding of how faith works with God. And with that, he starts out with saying, God made dry ground for Israel to walk across. Obviously, he's he's talking about the story of Abraham, right? I'm sorry, not Abraham, Moses. Wow, the things I should have written down, right? 
So he starts with the story of Moses, and he starts with the children of Israel rocking across the Red Sea. And then he moves on and he talks about God's faithfulness to the rest of his, to the rest of the nation of Israel. That he protects them, he watches over them, he lets no rebel rise in defiance. And what that does for this writer, what it does for him is it leads him to worship. That's why we get the really great part about the song about what he's bringing for sacrifices. That's a joke, it wasn't like great stuff, that's like the weird part that you go, oh, Old Testament. It's just what it is. Talking about bulls and male goats. But that's, that's what he, as reading these stories of his people, that's what it drives him to do. He says, ah, oh, God's faithfulness. So amazing. The deeds of God, so amazing. I can't not go worship. And I love what it ends up doing through his worship. The last thing he talks about then is about come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. So it's not just this idea of I'm going to go to church, I'm going to go and I'm going to worship, I'm going to pray about this, I'm going to read my Bible more, I'm, oh man, I'm going to have such a great personal relationship with God, but it's also, and I'm going to go tell people about it. Let me tell you what God has done for me. So in that mold today, I want to tell you guys a few things of what God has done for me. And hopefully through this, you will also hear the story of what God does for his people, and it will inspire you to worship and tell others about what God has done for you. So like I said, we have this building of faith. We have this looking into scripture, looking back into our own lives, looking back into the lives of those around us, and we can see what God has done for each and every one of us. We can see what God has done for all the people in the Bible. We can see what God has done for our own family, what God has done for just yourself, maybe even just yesterday. I didn't burn a new house down roasting a turkey yesterday. Amen. It wasn't close. It wasn't going to happen. The counter was a bit of a fright, but... We did okay. But while we do this, while we listen to these stories, it instills in us how great God is. When I was in high school, I had an English class that wanted me to write a book report, but it wasn't just any book report. They wanted me to take one book and then read another book that had nothing to do with the other book and then compare the two. So one of the books I read was the book of Jonah, got him. <laughs> it's like five pages, done. So, <laughs> so I read that book and I got to compare it to other books, but that book of Jonah always stuck with me from there. It is, and we all know this story. We know it is from our, our childhood, right? From Sunday school and VBS and whatever else, wherever, wherever you learned from what happens to Jonah. God tells him to go preach at Nineveh and he says, no, thank you, I'm going to, jump out of here on a boat and the boat gets rocked and turned in a storm so the crew throws him overboard so a fish eats him and then he stays in there for three days and gets spit out on the on the shore and he says fine I'll go teach in Nineveh right yeah thanks <laughs> what I took from that entire book 
And I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if this is the purpose of this book at all. It might not supposed to be there at all. But what I took from that book as a high school student was God's going to put you where he wants you. It doesn't matter where you try to go, you're going to end up where God wants you. So I had that. I had that instilled in me. Now, fast forward, well, maybe not fast forward, but a little flashback. I think everyone's probably heard the story of my parents and how they started in Pennsylvania, well, started in New York, moved to Pennsylvania, and then moved all the way out to Portland, Oregon for Dad's seminary. Do you know the circumstances around this? One, Dad told Mom, oh, yeah, it's really green out there. It's, you know, Pacific Northwest, it's super green. Has anybody ever been to Oregon? Like Western Oregon? It's a desert. It's not green. There's some green, but it's not green. So they got there, and Mom looked at Dad and said, you said it was green. Like Mom was ready to turn back around, come back to Lancaster County. The other thing about that, that trip, and I didn't know this until I was about to go to grad school myself, is they thought they had a job lined up for dad. And they didn't have anywhere to stay. They had no house. They had six kids and nowhere to stay except a van. Anyone else making that move yet? No. So they get all the way out to Portland. Dad calls the contact phone number for the job that was supposed to be lined up. It was a fake. There was no job. So now they're all the way out in Portland. They're an entire country away from any friends or family. They have no job, nowhere to stay, and six kids in a van. Who's coming home? Anybody? Well, that was a nice vacation. Let's just turn around and go home. No, they stayed. They literally went in to, to check in for classes. Uh, Dad found a little flyer for a house, pulled it off. We moved in that night. It's an amazing how God provides. So now fast forward to my time when I decide what college I'm going to. It wasn't going to be Penn State. Sorry. Just was never going to be Penn State. <laughs> and I decided to go to Nebraska. I had friends who go to Penn State. I had friends who went to Pitt. I had friends who went to, you name it, college in Pennsylvania. They all went there, and I said, I'm out. Drive five states away. So while I'm out there, I'm meeting new friends. Things are going fine. But I also say to myself, man, this probably could have been a lot easier. This could have been a lot easier. I could have probably had better contacts. I could probably have better opportunity elsewhere where I'm around people I know. So I start thinking about, you know what? I think I'm going to transfer to Pitt. I did this. I did. You guys have all seen me in my Nebraska stuff. Could you imagine me in Pitt stuff? No, of course not. I'm not going to Pitt. But I had friends at Pitt. And they said, oh, yeah, totally, come here. You can design your own major. You just show up and say, I'm majoring in the color blue, and they'll help you figure it out. And so that's what the whole plan was. But instead, what happened is, as I'm trying to get everything settled and, and moved around, they said, oh, yeah, none of your credits are going to transfer. Oh, man, I've already put in a full year. Well, maybe just forget about it. But do you see how in my story already, God is putting me where he wants me. God put my parents 
where he wanted them. And now he's putting me where he wants me. So all through this time, now I'm, I'm settled in Nebraska. Now I'm meeting people. I'm making new contacts. And it's through those contacts that I found my grad school. I, had, I wasn't even thinking about grad school until I started talking to, to other people around me. And said, man, that school sounds pretty interesting. I should check that school out. And at that school is where I met my wife. And it's that school where I got my degree. And it's that school that allows me to be here doing this right now. Had I gone to Pitt, I'd have a degree in blue. What would I do with that? Do you see God's faithfulness? He will put you where he wants you. If you allow him to speak into your life, he will put you where he wants you because we have a faithful God who loves us. And I will say, during those times, it's not that where you get to go is just going to be the most peaceful thing and it's going to be the most perfect thing ever. Most likely it's going to work out because it's God's plan, but it might not be the most comfortable thing. I remember the Sunday morning I drove out to Seattle. I had breakfast with the family, and I got in my tiny little Hyundai Tiburon, filled with everything that I own minus a bed. And I drove across the entire country by myself. I was started in Anvil, and before I made it outside of Anvil, PA, the voice inside my head and heart said, what are you doing? Go home, this is a terrible idea. Because again, I had a place to stay, but I had no job. I had friends in Seattle, those same people that I heard about the school from, who said, hey, just last week, one of our roommates moved out. We need a new one. You want to stay with us? And I said, well, I guess I'm going. So off I drove. And in the back of my head, all I could think about was this is a terrible idea. But in my heart, what I continued to remember was, my parents made this trip. My parents made this trip with more to lose and less in front of them. Was God faithful to them? Then why won't he be faithful to me? So it becomes simple. It becomes an act of worship to say, God, you are faithful, and I'm going to step out in it. So we use these stories again. It increases our own faithfulness. As we look back and we say, man, God, I'm just so thankful for everything that you've done for me. There it is. God, I am so thankful you didn't let me turn that car around. God, I am so thankful you didn't let my parents come home. God, I am so thankful that you sent a fish to gobble up Jonah so that I could learn this lesson too. So what, what am I thankful for then? Let's, let's move into this, and I'll continue hopefully instilling in you this notion of thankfulness and faith. I'm thankful for these scriptures. I'm thankful for the story of God's love and the promises that he gives us through them. 
I'm thankful to be able to read about what Jesus did on the cross and in the grave. And I'm thankful to hear about what the apostles were able to do in the entire book of Acts through all the healing, through all the victory, through death, through everything, the preaching, the letters. What it tells me is that God cares about each and every one of us. He gave us this entire book to tell us how much he cares for each and every one of us. The God of the universe who doesn't have to give two flips about who's sitting here right now cares deeply about each and every one of us, where we are, what we're doing, what's going on in our lives. And here's the evidence. It's all right here. I'm thankful for the guidance he's given my family. We have that story of my grad school and college and everything else, but you all know the stories that I have of my son Mason and, and the things we've gone through with his doctors and other things like that. Without God's guidance, we would be in the dark. Simple as that. I'm so thankful for God's guidance and the wisdom he has given us. I'm thankful for daily challenges that drive me back to God. I said a lot of prayers roasting that turkey. I said, if anything's going to make these kids sick, please let it not be the turkey. <laughs> so, that was my whole prayer. I prayed on, on Friday, my kids' preschool had donuts with dad day. So free donuts for it. But I got to go be with my kids. We were 15 minutes late because I couldn't find my keys or wallet. I said a lot of prayers during those times with my kids like tears welling up in their eyes when I told them we might not be able to go get free donuts. I said a lot of prayers during those times. And it seems so silly to say, well, that, what is that challenge? You lost your keys. I said, I kept praying, God, I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss this time with my kids. I don't want to miss this opportunity. I found my keys. I still don't remember putting them where I found them. I still don't. I'm also so thankful for faithful friends, faithful family, and a faithful church community. The things that hold me up, the things that keep pushing me forward, are all these people around me, are all of you around me. Every time we come up with a new ministry for youth or, or a new ministry for the whole church, I'm astounded and floored by the amount of people who come out and get involved. Last spring, we did a, a, a work day on a Sunday with the youth. I, I invited the youth to go to work on a Saturday, and they showed up. I'm astounded. What that does for me is drives me right back to God in thankfulness. To see the faithful come out in droves like we do, like we have, and like I know we will continue to do, drives me right back to God in worship. So ultimately, I'm thankful for my faith. 
Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will find you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Because you have faith in God, you will be completely filled with joy and peace. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Guys, I am so thankful for my faith. It is my joy. It is my hope. My faith that Christ died on the cross for me. Taking away my sin. My faith that Christ rose again on the third day. Breaking the bonds of death. Gives me fantastic hope. And through these things, I can't not be joyful. I worked in many, many places, secular places, doing many odd and end jobs. The one thing I got told about myself in all of these places is people would come up and say, Steve, I don't know how you're so happy here. Sitting in an office of a granite company where every single person who was going out on the road to do an install would stop by one desk and pick up a prescription drug that wasn't for them so that they could get through their day. They'd see me and go, Steve, I don't understand how you can work here and look like this. Guys, it's very simple. That's how. That's how. And it's the only reason. Without my faith, I have no joy. I have no hope. I am so thankful for my faith. So this season, while you're awkwardly sitting around a table with all your family trying to figure out what you're thankful for this season, is that something people still do? Right, let's go around the table and talk about what we're thankful for. I think I remember doing that once in my family. We were like, oh, that's enough. <laughs> but be thankful for this. Go back to Psalm 66. Think about what God has not only done for you, but done for those around you. What has God done for his people? Allow it to drive you back to worship. And maybe next year you'll be up here telling everybody about what you're thankful for. We'll have a sign-up sheet later. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you again. Lord, we can't help but thank you. I cannot help but tell everybody what you have done for me because of how thankful I am. Lord, you have given me such faith in you. And I praise you for that. You've given me such faith in, every, in being able to look back to see everything that has transpired through my life, and I can only see you in your hands working through my life, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the people that you have put around me. Every one of them, Lord, has, has something new to teach me. To teach me about you, to teach me about myself, Lord. I thank you for each and every one of them. Lord, mostly I thank you for the cross. And I thank you for an empty grave. Lord, I thank you for who you are. 
Lord, go with us this day. Help us to be thankful for our faith. Lord, we will be careful to honor and praise you with everything that we do. Amen. In closing, I'll just send you with Romans 15, 13 again. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are dismissed.